Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal. Hi, welcome to the show today. I have a great show. I have a teenager, an 18-year-old pro soccer player from Mexico. His name is Estefan Vasquez. And I wanted to have him on today because he's really made a big impact on me. He is a very disciplined, hardworking, very strongly ethical young teenager, uh, but yet very successful. So, Estevan, welcome to the show. Hi, and how's it going? Thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. Well, I'm excited to have you on, and uh, I know that we met not that long ago, and you made such a quick impression on me. I wanted to have you on the show, and uh, so how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great, you know. Woke up this morning, good little workout, got a shower in, and, uh, you know, glad to be here with you, Anne. Well, as I said, you're very disciplined. You already got up, worked out. Got here. That's wonderful. So I have him in the studio today. We had a little bit of a sound problem, so we had to separate us so we couldn't talk right together. But um, Estevan plays in Mexico, and he wasn't on a second division team. Now he's going to a first division team. So he has a, had a little time free for me today. And um, so Estevan, I just wanted to uh, let our listeners know about you and how in the world you got to be a pro soccer player at so young. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself today? Yes. Uh, uh, I was born and raised in uh, Sacramento, California. Yeah, I lived there for nine years. Then uh, I moved out to Texas when I was 10. And te- Texas was uh, really where I got uh, started with uh, select soccer. You know, in California, I was playing a little bit. But recreational, I was getting into it just because my brother was. But when uh, we came out to Texas, it was something I really, really felt that I loved and I was real interested in doing because I guess it was what I grew up seeing from my older brother, my oldest brother. And uh, so as soon as I got in, I just worked at it because it's just something I absolutely loved. It was every time I stepped on the pitch, it was, it was, there was this feeling that I just, I didn't ever want to let go. So I just worked hard, worked hard to make sure that you know, instead of sticking my chest out and trying to make sure everybody knows who I am, just got to keep my head down and keep working hard. And with that, it, working hard and attitude really got me to where I needed to be. Wow. You know, I, I do think that attitude and um, discipline and working hard is very important. You know, uh, Troy Aikman said that he wished all players thought about just working hard as a team instead of worrying so much about getting their own notoriety and, you know, their name out there. It sounds like you did that. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's real different from uh, ball players from back then. A lot of ball players, you know, coming up in the, in the new ages. Uh, a lot of, see, the players back then, they, uh, they worried about, you know, the patch on the front, you know, the team. They worried about the club, wherever they were at you know, the brand, the symbol that represented the city, wherever they were at. And a lot of players right now, they don't, you know, it doesn't really, that doesn't mean anything to them. They just worry about the name on the back of their jerseys. And really that's going to separate the great players from the good players. P- 
people that are willing to work to make the team better instead of people just trying to make themselves better. Because there are some really well-known soccer players over the years, you know, um, that have that you know people think of Beckham and people think of uh, is it Tattoo or who was it that was really good a long time ago? Can't yeah, think of his tattoo name. Tattoo and indoor uh, played for Psychics. Yes. Yeah. One, one, yes. one great striker he was. Striker, yes. And so, you know, I think that when kids think of, hey, I want to be great like Beckham, you know, um, yeah. one of the best things that they can do in order to achieve that is to do what you're saying, just to work hard. So how in the world were you able to stand out to make pro? Because there are so many kids in soccer. Um, and, uh, what do you think for you has made all the difference? I just felt that I had a lot of there, there's been a lot of struggles everybody has their struggles but it just really depends it really comes down to how you you to handle those struggles me luckily when I have hard times in my life I showed that on the field I kept working hard a lot of kids that they'll shut out or you know if they start getting real good they'll they'll get real big headers if you start getting well it's about knowing who you are and where you come from and what started you. And if things are getting hard, still knowing who you are, where you came from, and what started you. It's it's really keeping that base is what's going to keep you from getting off track. If you know exactly what you're working for, what you want, and don't let things get in the way, know your priorities and work for them, and you're going to stay on track, and that will get you where you need to be, believe it or not. Work ethic, yes, it may be times where, you know, I'm working hard and the coach doesn't see it, but coaches really do notice everything. So work does not go unseen. It doesn't go unseen. You know, one of the things that I have quickly come to see, both my husband as well, about you and even your brother, now it's your younger brother, not your older brother. Um, no, I haven't met um, him. That's he's actually my older brother. That is your older brother. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm I'm the baby of the family. Yes, I have two older and brothers. And he is uh, six years older than you, then, right? No, uh, the one that you met was nineteen. Oh, he's only a year Christian. older. Oh, okay. So and he's my not oldest older. brother is Giovanni, and he's twenty-four. Okay, so Giovanni is the one that really motivated you to get in sports when you were young, right? Younger, oh, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> but your Most mom definitely. put you in sports, and he and you kind of followed Giovanni. Uh, oh yes, ma'am. Uh, my mom, she was always after Gio with sports. You know, Gio started with baseball, basketball. He played soccer. He played everything. And uh, so my mom was, you know, she was always after it on the field and stuff. So she, as soon as we got old enough, she put us in. But you know, put just because you put a kid in sports doesn't necessarily mean. You know, they're going to like it or they're going to enjoy it. But as I was growing up, one of my favorite things to do was watch my brother play. So just watching him play, just I, I don't know, it gave me hunger. It gave me reason to be out there. It gave me motivation knowing that the guy that I look up to, you know, he's working hard out there. And I want to do the same. You know, he's making a difference and something that he enjoys. And that's something that as I got older, I started realizing and started putting more and more work into Wonderful. So you were in lots of different kinds of sports. Did you have oh. any that you hated? <laughs> oh, uh, none at all. Uh, 
I played. I, I actually played a lot of sports. Played basketball. Um, obviously soccer. I played uh, track. I did track, football. You know, I did. I played baseball. I did everything that I could. You know, uh, maybe wasn't the best in every sport, but uh, because I was athletic and I worked hard, you know, I, it got me where I needed to be in that sport. And uh, you know, I was I was pretty decent in those sports, but as you get older and you're playing every sport, time starts running out, and you have to start narrowing it down to one sport that you have to take seriously and make a priority. And that's when I had to actually look at them and realize, you know, what's really going to benefit me and what is what I truly love. Whether it's not going to be- benefit me or not, you know, a lot, I'm sure a lot of people would, would say they pick uh, football or baseball because uh, they make more money or however. But uh, I, I had to sit down and actually look at, uh, I narrowed it down to soccer and basketball. Basketball was actually something I started before soccer, something I grew up playing uh, over there in California. Uh, with the kids on the block, you know, just growing up, everybody played basketball out there. But, uh, you know, my brother just loves soccer, and that's what I kind of ended up loving also, and that's what I came down to pick. So do you think being in all those sports, what do you think it did for you? I mean, it had to take a lot of time, so you probably didn't get a lot of time at home after school. Yeah, it, it took a ton of time, but it was... uh it was one of those things that I really, it really didn't uh, ever bother me from the time it took because uh, I enjoyed it. I've always, uh, I've always enjoyed sports. Whatever I was doing, I was, where I was on the fields, whether it be for my brother, for my other brother Christian, or for me, it was just something we, uh, we just loved being around. It didn't give us enough, you know. It didn't give us too much time being on the streets, being uh, other places we weren't supposed to be. You know, we were either, you know, being in school or going out doing sports or. Uh, Back in California, we uh, I want to give a lot of thanks to the Boys and Girls Club over there. They uh, they made a big impact in our life. They, they uh, you know, we, when after schools, you know, they had us over there playing sports, playing, being around adults, helping, volunteering. Uh, you know, Boys and Girls Club was something that uh, we really enjoyed and has made a huge impact in our life. That you know can also say that helped us with sports. The Boys and Girls Club. Yes, ma'am. That's awesome. Yes. You know, I haven't, and I know people, you know, you see commercials about it, <clears throat> and I've I've heard of people younger that say they like it, but um, that was where you were able to, con- you know, after school, do sports, right? Yes, they would have, was, they have basketball. <clears throat> what else did yeah, they have they, there? They, uh, it was actually, not, it was, it was, it was actually not like an after school program for uh, the kids' parents who would work and, you know, couldn't really pick up their kids after school. Because they had work till late, or they just worked maybe till like six or seven, and you know the kids would go over there after school, and uh, it was great. You know, you had pool tables, you had uh, group sessions of like artists, readings, you had libraries, you had a gym, you had a field outside. You know, the adults there they really cared for the kids, and it's something that you know a lot of kids. You know, I was I was blessed for the parents that I had, but I had a lot of friends that wasn't so blessed that that boys and girls club really did miracles for him because they didn't really have, they didn't have their parents much there for them. Luckily I did spend some time there, but I had my parents that were, that were there for me. So, I mean, it was a program that it's just, 
after school program that that was just for the kids that was absolutely amazing, just phenomenal, something that I would never be able to forget in my life. Um, actually, some of the managers that worked in the Sacramento Boys and Girls Club that we went to for about five, six years, the moment when I moved out to Texas when I was 10, you know, that next summer, they they had a meeting out in the, for a Boys and Girls Club in Texas, and they came to our house. They came and they, they ate with us. You know, they it's nice that they didn't forget about us. You know, you could tell that uh, those that they really did care for the kids. Wow. You know, and I, I don't think a lot of people know that about the boys, <clears throat> the boys and Girls Club. You know, how um, <clears throat> how helpful they are to families. <clears throat> when I was young, we had um, Parks and Rec, Parks and Recreation. And okay. um, I, it kind of was similar. And they even ha- they had it the summer as well. So I was in a lot of sports all the time after school. You know, I did every sport as well. And... Um, and I, I think that one of the reasons it separated me from a lot of the kids was that I, I wasn't free to really get in trouble because I was constantly playing these games, these sports. And I, I loved it, too. And I had four brothers, and so they did sports as well. And I, I, but I think for me that it, it helped me, you know, grow as a person to become more disciplined, to stay healthy and in shape, wouldn't you say? Oh, yes. Yeah. And it also kept your mind really healthy, and and you're constantly learning strategies, you're learning team building, you know, you're learning how to be friends, and and yet, you know, work hard yourself as an individual, but also work as a team, Uh, and I, I know a lot of kids, even in college, you know, People have trouble working as on a group project because they don't have a lot of skills working as a team, and and you know, parents, I, I think that really realizing when I look back how the sports helped me so much as a person to be motivated to know that if <clears throat> if you want something you just go get it you know and I, I I find that in a lot of athletes that they aren't afraid hey I want to do that I just will I'll just try I'll just go get it you know they're not as afraid of failure because they've experienced a lot of it on the field and they yeah. know that failure, most of the time you succeed, and of course, sometimes you fail. You know, striking out is just a horrible thing in front of everyone. Um, yeah. And so for you, I know you've experienced all that because I've, when I've seen you, how disciplined you are, you're very respectful. Um, you're very, the way that you work, you know, um, is very methodical, just doing basic work, not necessarily sports. And I have been impressed, and I was so shocked when I learned how old you were. And I, I saw these same traits in your brother as well, who was 19. That's the brother I met. And so um, for you, do you think sports helped build that in you, or, or was it your parents? I'm going to have to say, uh, I'm going to have to give maybe 60% of it to my parents, and maybe 40 40% uh, sports, you know, uh, my mom, she, uh, maybe my mom just the whole, for 100%. I really did uh, get that, a lot of those traits from her and not necessarily getting the traits because of genetics, but my mom was the, the woman that woke up every morning, make sure we, we had everything, we were ready for school, she worked hard, she went to work, came back, everything she did, she dedicated to us. She worked hard, was responsible, and, you know, those are traits that you really start learning along the way. People don't maybe don't think so, but kids really do 
realize everything that their parents do. And the, day after day seeing it, they start growing as well. And, you know, it kind of goes for sports. You know, learning from sports, working hard and working with teams, you start realizing, you know, maybe if you lose a few games, you sit there and you realize, okay, maybe we should approach this a different way. Maybe we should start working as a team, working a different angle, maybe play a different style. Let's try to work around this. But that really, as you were saying, builds skill from uh, working as a team and being able to do those things. A lot of a lot of elite athletes have suffered hard losses in their sports, some losses that they will never be able to forget because of the pain that they have felt. And from that pain, they analyze the game knowing that the next time an opportunity comes, it's not going to get away from them, that they are going to take it because they are going to be more than ready. And for that to happen... They analyze the game knowing what they have to fix. And doing that, as a, as you play football, basketball, soccer, everything, you're, you're a unit. You're transitioning together. Everything you do as a soccer, your job is to make the person next to you's job easier or in front of you or behind you. So that way they do the same thing. If you do what you're supposed to and the person next to you does what they're supposed to, everybody else's job gets easier. It's about working as a team. When people start trying to overdo it themselves, trying to become stars and trying to, you know, be the light shining bright, I, you know, you're not going to get, you're not going to get a result, a big result. But when you're working together with everybody, sooner or later, believe it or not, you're going to have a team that is beating better teams because they are just better individually. And you guys just have more chemistry and work better together. I've seen a lot of teams, a lot of, you know, not the best teams that have chemistry and work well together be a lot of the best teams that have some of the best players individually. And wow. so, I mean, it really just comes down to the work you put in with, with your team. You know, you learn, you learn a lot of the things you do with your team uh, from sports. You do. Uh, and the thing is, from what you learn... You can apply it in life. Uh, a lot of things I've done in sports, I've been able to apply in life. Almost everything I've I've learned, a lot of things I've learned in life have been taught with a ball at my feet. So many things, making new friends, learning different cultures. You know, being around people that are headed, that are aiming the same way you are. That are all working to be there. When you're surrounded in an atmosphere of people that are working just as hard as you and want to be where you are, you feel great. It makes you want to work. It makes you want to get better. And so that I feel that, yeah, that uh, sports and yeah, definitely my parents had a, a lot to do with the self-discipline and focus that I well, apply in life. I know that your mom will be so glad to hear that, especially with Mother's Day coming up, you know, and I really encourage everyone out there to thank your mothers, you know, on Mother's Day. Make sure to really thank them for what they did, the good they did in your life, and this, the things that are good in you that you know were imparted from them and things that they provided for you. And that's one of the things I've really learned to do on Mother's Day is to just be so thankful for my mom and so many of the skills, especially the work ethic. When I look at where my work ethic came from, from my parents. And so um, it's a great opportunity. When you said that you take a lot of things from sports and apply them in life, I, I do think that whether you're working with a group 
um, in an office or on a project, or you're working as a team on the field. Because one of the things about soccer is you cannot carry that game on your own. You have to use your teammates. And, and it doesn't really matter how good you are because, you know, if you were Beckham, you cannot ignore all the other team and run back and forth and make all those goals and do all the things you have to do. You truly have to pass the ball. That's one of the things that makes soccer players so good. They know to pass and use their teammates and have everything set up in a in, in like a <clears throat> strategy and a pattern, right? Yes. And I mean, just there's great players. Yeah, there's phenomenal players that will change the game. The players that you would most definitely love having on your team, you know, they're probably the best, you know, they, they make a big difference in the game. But that I mean those players really wouldn't be able to do anything without anybody else. They get those opportunities, they get what they do from the work that the team also puts in. Yes, some players make their own opportunities, but, I mean, it's if soccer was a one-person game, you know, it would be tennis or golf. Nothing against tennis or golf. I just mean, meaning as if you wanted to be your own superstar and wanted to be your own, some, you know, to have your own motive, the big head and to think you're the best, you could have done a single sport. But to be soccer, basketball, football, you really do have to think in everybody else because you are not the only one that's working hard. You are, you're not the only one that's breaking their backs. Yes, maybe you are a little bit better, but it's not an effort. It's just because, you know, maybe the skill, you, you know, doesn't mean that people aren't working hard and they shouldn't get the credit that they're putting in. I think even the great players need to appreciate their teammates. You know, it's a team, it's a team effort. You know, you can't play soccer without team, without your teammates. Right. And I, I think that people get frustrated when they're working with a team of any kind and people aren't carrying their own weight. People aren't working very hard. And I know that you see that on the field <clears throat> with teammates that are on the field and they don't give it their all. <clears throat> they, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> they don't do everything they can. What do you do when that happens? Uh, I don't know. That's 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 really frustrating. You know, it's okay when we. You know, everybody has the days. You know, if you know somebody's messing up, but if they're working hard, that's okay. You can make up the mistakes. Everybody has. You know, everyone has those days. But if you're having that day and you're not working hard and you just completely giving up, that's when nobody's going to want you on the field. Because as much as you're messing up, if you're working your hardest, nobody can complain because you're busting your butt out there. And, I mean, that's really what you want. That's that's the person you want next to you, somebody that's going to die for you on the team. And even though they're messing up, it's nice to know that you have somebody that's working for you, putting just the same work as you or working harder. It's really, it's really separates the, the good players and the great players from how they take their bad days. If they completely shut down and just, you know, they gave up that day, or if, you know what, they realize, you know, hey, today's not a good day, but hey, I got to keep working hard. I got to keep, you know, make sure that they can never say at least it wasn't for effort. Yeah, maybe I did have some bad touches. Maybe uh, I'm a bad player, but at least it can never say it was never on effort. I gave it my 100% every time. And I feel that if somebody could say that they gave it their 100 every time, they could step off that field happy. 
Well, and that really is what makes the difference. I, I, th- I think the frustration, part of it, you know, every player that's on that team is is exceptional. That's how they got on the team. They have the abilities beyond what most people can. And so when someone's really not giving it their all, and I know people, fans, even see that when, when they're watching, you know, it's very frustrating. And people handle it all in very different ways. Some people will berate that player, you know. Um, I bet you don't do that. What do you do when you're so frustrated at a player that's not carrying his weight and not really, really, um, you know, chasing the ball, doing everything he should do, but he seems like he's just kind of being lazy that day? Uh, I mean, I guess that's a funny question being asked uh, as a <laughs> goalkeeper because mm-hmm. me, I yell at everybody. <laughs> me, I'm, you know, I'm the one in the back that can see absolutely the whole field. I can see everybody. You know, so me as a keeper, I'm organizing and yelling the whole time. Right. So we're already at the fact that I'm yelling. If I have to yell at him more and more about the same things over and over, I would really hope that my coach, whatever coach I have that we are playing for, will see that and yes. know that he has to take him out. Knowing that he's not pulling his weight and that people are yelling at him, telling him, time after time about the same things, to do the same things, that hopefully the coach will realize no matter who it be, whether it be a star or whether it be, you know, the coach's son, whatever it be, to realize knowing what the team needs and taking him out. So yes. it really, me personally, as a keeper, I yell. So, I mean, that's how I would take it, but I would really hope that the coach would really take everything that the team is doing into consideration and pulling that player out. Right, and that's, I, I forget about the coach. That's the coach's job, right? And, and I think that yeah. people that work in um, other areas that aren't sports-related, that might be the difference. You know, you wish your boss would pull them out, right? Yeah. You wish you had somebody who they could switch out like you do in sports. Just, hey, that person's not doing well today or they're not doing well, switch them for somebody else, right? Yeah, that a little substitution, <laughs> That would be so awesome. Well, um, okay, cool. When we we are going to take a commercial break, and um, when we get back, I want to talk more about what it's like in Mexico with the fans because I know they're extremely serious about oh, soccer, yeah. and not just in Mexico. I mean, all over the world, really. They, oh, yeah. You know, the U.S. is kind of behind that, and I hope we don't ever get that crazy about. I mean, I want us to be crazy about soccer, but not get like dangerous right where we yeah yeah, you know what i'm talking about so when we get back we'll pick up from there and then we'll also talk about some of the tools that you use to stay so disciplined and and to really motivate others so stay here and we'll see you right after the commercial It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Most married men experience frustration because there are things they want from their wives but don't know how to get them. Nothing seems to work. Desires are unfulfilled fantasies unrealized and relationships become stagnant men are desperate today for a richer deeper more satisfying and intimate marriage dr jim slaughter teaches men how to have the passionate fulfilling marriage they've always wanted call 817-991-4964 or email jslaughterphd at yahoo.com to begin transforming your marriage into what you want it to be 
Mothers and daughters have a unique relationship. There are trying times and loving times. There is joy and there can be heartache. Listen for Communicating from the Heart, the empowered mother-daughter relationship. Your hosts are Elizabeth Lutz along with her daughters, Danielle and Melissa Schoeniker. Come with them as they share an open and honest discussion to help mothers and daughters everywhere strengthen and support their own relationships. Listen Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, this is Ann Beal. Welcome back to the show. Um, Esteban, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, cool. Great. Okay, so we were talking about being a soccer player in Mexico and the fans being crazy (laughs) at times. Uh, do Do you have that experience with fans over there? Actually, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, me personally, uh, for games that I've played in, no. But uh, being out there, uh, going to several different professional games, yeah, things get get rowdy. They get crazy. A lot of times they get uh, violent. Um, not a lot of times. Mainly when they're uh, they call them clasicos. It's when uh, rivalries play, and that's uh, usually when they get most violent. And usually it's rivalries or maybe it's uh or it's the two teams that are from the same city or the same place in Mexico. And those are usually the games that uh that get real violent and crazy because you know, they're they're both representing that city. They wanna show who's best. They so it gets it gets a little out of hand sometimes. But it's you know, it's a beautiful game. It's it, it yeah, it gets it gets bad because it's such a beautiful game, and people ruin it with violence. So, I mean, people. Some people sit at home. Ah, yeah, soccer, violence, fights, and no. As a, as a true fan and as a players, when you see that, you it's it's embarrassing because of a sport so beautiful. It's people are getting in fights and hating each other, and I mean, yeah, people are, are going to dislike, dislike each other, and everybody has their reasons, but. I mean, it's really nice to sit there and just watch a good, beautiful game with everybody just cheering on their teams, doing their thing. And yeah, Mexico's not the not the only place. Europe fans are absolutely crazy. You know, Brazil, Argentina, you know, South America, all those those places. You know, you know, the U.S. is probably one of the only places that uh, that doesn't have crazy, crazy fans. 
you know, I I am going to have to give it up for Seattle Sounders, though. They, I think they, they're the ones with the best fan base for the MLS. Seattle? Yeah, Seattle Sounders, they, they have a huge fan base. You know, wow. so, I mean, I feel like so- uh, MLS soccer really is moving up, so maybe, hopefully in a few years or in the future, we have a lot more fran- fans and soccer's uh, more supportive. But hopefully it doesn't get to the extremes with violence and so much security and stuff. Well, and I, I why do you think it, ha- you know, it doesn't seem to happen in other sports so much like it does in soccer. I mean, I, I, even in Germany, you know, um, my daughter was over and she was in Germany when Germany was playing Holland. Uh, and it became crazy violent over there and I thought what is it about soccer it's the actual game that causes this it, it, do you know yeah and I can answer with one simple way and that's and that's pride I love, a lot of people you know because they were you know growing up their entire lives maybe their parents or because of where they grew up they really are die hard fans of their team and especially over there in Europe, because soccer is the biggest thing. Uh, I mean, it's all pride. So when you have pride mixed in with losing, mixed in with alcohol, mixed in with anger, you know, getting all of that in one person, you know, a lot of things aren't going to be, you know, it's not going to come out pretty. Right. And you have fans that are winning, that are also intoxicated, that are also diehard fans that, you know, they're going to defend their team. So really it comes down to, the pride that they have of dying for their team, but it's that's really not what it should be about. You should support your team, win or lose, but in the way that you can support them, not showing the rest of the world. Because usually when there's big violence like that, it gets played all around the world. Everybody knows. And how do you think that looks on those clubs that their fans are fighting? It does, it does not look good for the club at all. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's hard, you know. It's but, being yeah. as a player, you can't not being able to control what the fans can do. It's you know, it's hard for it being out of our hands. Yes, and I would think that even um, kids watching on TV, you know, young people um, are, are are they model what they see. They model what they see in their parents. They model what they see in their their heroes, their soccer heroes, and their their soccer team. Um, and they see the fans acting like that. And uh, I, I I know that it impacts them. <clears throat> you know, you see parents act like that in like little league baseball games. And I know when you were in sports, when you were younger, you ha- you saw some parents really be out of control and disrespectful and yelling at the umpires or whatever. Did you see that? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I, luckily my parents were never like that. You know, my dad would sometimes not yell, but, you know, try to tell me things to try to help me and go, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't always accept it, but, you know, he would try that. My mom, you know, she was never really much of a yeller. But uh, I've, a lot of times there's been parents from other teams or sometimes even from my team that just yell, just rude things to the ref or, or you know, what what gets what upsets me most is when play or when uh when parents yell and talk to the players that right. aren't their kids, you know, <clears throat> right. that that are from the other team or from you know being disrespectful to maybe even some kids on their own team from their own kids team just 
not their kids. And you know, that's not okay. You know, their kids are growing up. Yeah. Maybe if you know about soccer, analyze the game, look at it, you know, you can yell a little, but to your son, your kid, your daughter, you know, let them know, uh, you know, but don't be rude. Don't cross the line. If you know about soccer, analyze the game. And, you know, when you're sitting with your kids in the car after on your way home, you know, sit down and, hey, you know, you could have done this better. You know, maybe we should work on this. You know, you got to work on this. But tell them in a calm way, you know, letting them know what they have to work on. When a lot of kids, they they quit sports or they quit or they stop playing so well because their parents are just always yelling nonsense. And, yes, that will really burn out and frustrate a player very much. So a lot of parents don't really think it's phasing the kids, but it is. It is. And and honestly, it's um, more and more people are having problems with anger. And when you see parents doing that or parents are berating, yelling, you know, berating other kids, anything like that, you know, um, being disrespectful to the umpire, just really embarrassing their kids or embarrassing the team. Those people, I mean, we had parents get in fights on the basketball, you know, court or in fights on the field. And so they end up getting sent to us um, at Life Solutions um, for anger management, stress management. And you know what? It only takes 10 weeks. It does not take that long. So I encourage you, if you're a parent out there and you're doing this at a game, and you know who you are, you know, if you're doing that, it's very easy to learn how to get rid of that. It's just some skills. You got maxed out with your coping skills. You learned some new skills in stress management and anger management, and you can easily get over that by learning how to have a different perspective. And so I just encourage you, if you're one of those people or you know people like that, to just really encourage them to get into uh, a counseling program of some kind or life coaching or just a class for anger management. Even even books you can read um, on, uh, you know, the anger workbook or uh, there's one called... Um, Good and Angry by Les Carter. There are some really good books out there so that you can learn that. And I know all athletes, <laughs> right, Esteban? All athletes would appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Well, definitely a lot of them would. Well, definitely yes. a lot of them would. And even more than you expect, because even if your kid doesn't appreciate it, I'm sure a lot of other kids appreciate you. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, well, <laughs> you know, well, it wouldn't just be helping your kid out. You'd be helping out, uh, you know. The parents, the kids, the coach, everybody else. Yes, your family. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. Now, uh, when you you said you were in select soccer when you were younger. Now, how did Estevan Vasquez go from being in select soccer to pro soccer? Well, I was uh, I was actually playing select right here. Uh, one time, I had a I was playing for a club called Andromeda. Uh, one of the coaches had a tie to a Mexican team out in Mexico. Uh, they brought the team, it's called Monterrey. They brought them out to play, you know, a few games with us. You know, the kids traveled over here. They had a good time. The coach, we played against them. The coach liked the way I played. And so, you know, he was like, is it possible if you could bring him tomorrow so we could watch him play again? And so, you know, I went over there for a second time. I played a second game and they liked the way I played. So they were wondering if I was able to, you know, if I was interested in going to Monterrey to play over there in Mexico. But at this time, I was 14 years old. You know, Mexico 
was, you know, it was pretty bad, especially over there in Monterrey, right there on the border. Um, so my mom was really worried. You know, I, me as a kid, I, that's my dream. I wanted to play out there in a huge club. That's what I wanted to do. I was like, yeah, definitely, you know. Yeah, that's where I want to be. But, you know, my mom, she was real worried. I was 14. I would have been out there on my own. We don't have no family in Monterrey. So, uh, you were 14 no. when you, kinda, the first time you went, you were 14? No, they wanted me to go at 14. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, my mom kind of gave it a, a red light. She said, no, you know, I was too young. It was Good. too dangerous out there. So when I was 14, that just, that just stayed in my head. I wanted to play in Mexico. I wanted to play in Mexico because that's, that's, soccer is the biggest thing out here. You know, soccer over here in the U.S. is maybe the, third or fourth or fifth sport and right. over in Mexico it's all soccer all soccer and that's where I wanted to be and so ever since I was 14 it was just I wanted to go I wanted to go uh, from there I went to FC Dallas Academy to which academy FC is that the FC Dallas Academy F- yeah FC Dallas okay. Academy um, I was there for three years uh, and then an opportunity came up to go to from Mexico that I, I made the decision to go to, uh, to Mexico. I was, uh, you know, having some problems with FC Dallas for behavior. So when I left FC Dallas, I was, you know, I had a time to make a decision of, on what I wanted to do. You know, on my own time, you know, I got out of FC Dallas. So I had a time to realize, is soccer really what I wanted to do? And I could answer that question without even second-guessing it. So, you know, I went out to Mexico I was living with my uncles, found a second division that that uh, that, were, that was interested in me. I went out there for a couple months. You know, worked hard. It was it was a it was it was a big struggle out there for what uh for for what we got to go through over there in Morelia for the second division. But you know, I learned a lot, and now we're just just working to. I got two teams pending right now: it's Pachuca and Leones Negros, that are uh, in the first division. And uh, they both want to see me again in June, so I'm just waiting on that. But yeah, that's that's how I ended up where I'm at. You know, just things got rough with FC Dallas, and I just wanted to, I wanted to keep working. I know when things get hard, I just can't can't let them end like that. The things are in my hands; those are things I can control. So I I wanted to take the next step and go out to Mexico. Well, and there are so many places that soccer is so much bigger than it is in the U.S. Um, and for you, you already knew the language in Mexico, so that helped you out a lot, right? Oh, yes, man. Yes, man. I mean, and- it was, it was, Spanish was my first language. Uh, but going out there, yeah, I mean, I, a lot out there in Mexico, people really do realize when the, they, they, they know the people that aren't from there. Right. So even though I spoke Spanish, I'm full-blooded, I mean, going there, people still kind of looked at me like, you know, are you lost? You know, <laughs> everybody looking at every time I step on a bus or I'm walking or on a bike, you know, people are still looking at me, but it's fine. You know, I don't, I don't really worry about it. It's, I, I, I know who I am. I, I don't really have to try to pretend to be somebody that I'm not. But it's, you know, it's easy, but it's hard because people do know where you're from there. So sometimes they'll mistreat you there. You know, it, it really just depends. You can't really let the society out there kind of get to you. 
And it really doesn't matter if you're from Texas or you're from California, even near the border of any of those states. They still consider you an American or an outsider, right? Well, yeah. It's just, I mean, me, I'm light-skinned. I, I mean, I, I look American, so over there, you can expect that. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of people. There's a lot of Mexicans that that go out there. You know, they're that can be out there, and nobody will even think that they're from over here. But I guess because I'm light skinned and you know I'm been over here almost my entire life. You know, I I guess I carry myself, you know, as an American as a Mexican American, and well, they 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 note that they they realize that. So what is your personal life there like? It's uh actually it's real it's real simple, you know. People are like, Oh, how much fun is it over there? You know, it must be a blur and <laughs> there, you know, it's fun. It's a great country, I love it. Uh I absolutely love it. But I mean it's it's different. To it's say. It's, uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? Well, are you in Monterey? When you are no, there, are you I'm playing in? Right now, I'm in Guadalajara. Oh, Guadalajara. Okay, okay. Yeah. Is it very pretty and there? So, yeah, it's beautiful. And it's so beautiful. right now, I just, everyday life, just train in the morning, just the uh, rest of the day, rest, rest, uh, I'll help my cousin out that's a mechanic, try to help my uncles out around the house, and then I'll go back and train at night. So I'm doing two days every day. And uh, right now I'm in Guadalajara, and I'm just uh, preparing and getting ready for those two tryouts that I'm me on. That's exciting. I think that's the life of a free agent, trying to figure out where they're going to play and um, you know what are their options as far as what teams they go with. We, I'm very excited for you. Oh, thank you, thank you. And yeah, it's it's a lot, you know. It's uh, out there right now. I have a promoter, so you know, a promoter he kind of helps you. He, you know, he he's in all that uh, soccer stuff. You know, they they know people in big clubs. They, uh, you know, not necessarily know people, but they know how everything works. So, like my promoter, you know, he, he'll help me get me to try out. You know, maybe talk to the coaches, see what needs to be done about you know. If I didn't make it, what needs to, what I need to work on, or you know, if the coaches like the way I played, they would talk to my promoter on how I can stay, what needs to be done for me to stay, or however. But a promoter kind of, you know, just helps me move around in Mexico because me as a player, I've always played over here in the U.S., so I'm not too familiar on how everything works yet. You know, I'm, I've been in there a couple months, but to know exactly how it works, not. Not exactly there yet, but, you know, my promoter helps me move around, talk to coaches, let me know what's good and what's bad, you know, what I should be expecting, what I shouldn't be from a club. So, I mean, it's, you know, somebody that's kind of helping me guide me, not necessarily opening doors for me, but guiding me through the process. Well, and it sounds like here that would be compared to an agent, if you had an agent, a sports agent. Okay. That's really great that you have that. Um how does your family do with you being in Mexico instead of being here? Because I know your mom and it lives here in Texas, and your brothers live here in Texas. Yeah, I mean it's uh, for them. I'm sure it's uh, it's easier with the with the baby out of the house, you know. 
<laughs> You're the baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I care for them. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're happy, but I mean, I guess they're happier that I'm chasing my dream. Right. They know that, you know, I'm out of the house. I was out of the house at 17. But they know that it's for a reason. They know it's not just because I want to be on my own. They know that uh, I'm chasing my Are you there? I think we just lost him. Um, well, I hope we get him back. I know that he was saying he's chasing his dream. And um, Esteban is following his dream. He's 18. And he's playing pro soccer in Mexico. <clears throat> so one of the things that I think it's important that Esteban said was, you know, the things that he feels. Are you there? Yeah. Awesome. I don't know what happened. Oh. I'm so glad you're back. Oh, okay. Right. okay. I'm sorry. Do you um, remember? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Where did, where'd you lose me at? Oh, you were talking about <clears throat> your family okay, I'm here. Sorry. I was. And, I just kept talking, and I, I'm not sure where you lost me at exactly. <laughs> well, you were talking about how your family feels about you being gone, and how they know that you're chasing your dreams. And I know you are. And that's one of the things I I wanted to even ask you more. What are your dreams from here? I'm sorry. Can, can you repeat it? That's what are your What are your dreams from here? Because you've made pro soccer, and I know you're trying out for another team. These two teams. Uh, where do you want to play after this? Like, what are you? Cause I know you want to make this a career. It is a career right now, but you really want to do this for the rest of your life, right? Yes, ma'am. It's uh, something I would love to keep doing in my future. Uh, really, just once I get into, if I get into one of these first division clubs, from there is just just got to keep working. That's my future. Uh, what I want for my future is to be on the starting eleven. Starting eleven squad of a of a you know professional team that you know that is on TV that you know having thousands of fans every game you know that's my goal that's my future you know professionally still playing right now it's you know I'm not exactly there yet but it's something that I'm working for I hope to get in the future um, you know uh, me personally uh, I'm. My favorite club in Mexico is Chivas from Guadalajara. So it would be an absolute dream for me to play there. It would, it would you know, it would, what I'm working for is to be able to defend and with pride and with all heart and passion the club that I have loved my entire life. And from there, getting there is, you know, moving up to the national team, you know, trying to, you know, be called to the national team, play games, you know, consistently be there with the national team. If I'm consistently there, you know, maybe get called for a big tournament, you know, the Confederation Cup, the World Cup, whatever, whatever is possible. Well, and that is a wonderful dream. That is wonderful. And I know a lot of, <clears throat> seems like that would be the pinnacle is the World Cup, right? Yeah, that's, you know, there's little tournaments leading up to the World Cup. You got Gold Cup, um, Copa America, Copa Libertadores. You have a, you know, a lot of different cups with the, you know, a lot of national teams from over here, United States, Mexico, Colombia, you know, South American teams. Uh, but being able to make it to the World Cup, that's just, uh, I feel like the dream ends there, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's a great dream. That is that's it. That's that point. Yeah. <clears throat> What would you say, in closing, 
<clears throat> in our last two minutes, what would you say to kids out there that want to go pro? What would you suggest for them? It's just what I suggest is, you know, a lot of kids, a lot of times that uh, kids don't go through sports is because they're going through hard times. They don't know how to deal with it. You know, everybody goes through struggles, you know, because their attitudes change or however they make uh, partying and other stuff priorities, friends priorities. Uh, for the kids that want to be out there and do sports, uh, it's something you got to really know from the beginning is this is something I really want to do. If it's something you just enjoy, have fun with it, you know, do something with it, you know, have fun. But if it's something that you seriously want to do for the rest of your life, take it serious. Take it no matter serious. the struggles in life, <clears throat> no matter how hard things get, sport the sports are what's going to help you clear your mind. That yes. helps you relieve stress, anger. It helps you just work in absolutely every work ethic you have in life. Just well, and if you if, and work hard, I'm sorry. Attitude is real important too. Yeah, because if you take that energy when you're in pain or you're angry or you're frustrated, if you take that energy and you put it into practice and with your sport, you put it into just letting all that rage out on the, you know, to, to kick the ball or whatever, practice. And, um, you know, for me it was as well that I, I put a lot of that um, energy and endorphins and adrenaline into the sport and then to also be disciplined as a daily thing. And I'm, I'm really, really thankful that you have been on the show today, Estevan. How would people reach you if they would like to talk to you? They could uh, reach me by email. Okay. If anybody out there is looking for any questions and anything I can help possible, whatever, uh, I can help and whatever I can, uh, I will. But it would be to Esteban underscore Vasquez at yahoo.com. And that is E-S-T-E-V-A-N underscore V-A-V. And I know that your your microphone got a little funny. Let me just spell it again. E-S-T-E-V as in vase. A-N. So Estevan with a V underscore Vasquez, V-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z at yahoo.com. And um, thank you so much for being on. And, of course, you know you can reach me at ablivingwell at gmail.com. And this is Ann Beal with Living Well and Estevan Vasquez talking about his soccer career, his pro soccer career at age 18. And we just hope it motivated you today and empowered you of how to help your kids become professionals as well or to take your team at work and um, put put it into a great team together. Thank you, Esteban, for being on. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And everyone have a good day. You too. Everybody have a great day. And remember, thank your moms on Mother's Day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week.